Good evening, everybody. Welcome to episode two of Choose Off for the Blue and Green, a live York United supporters chat where we chat all things nine stripes about the weeks that were and the weeks that are coming up. I'm joined by a couple of co-hosts, a couple of speakers. First up, once again, we have Josh. Hello, what's up? Not too much. I'm excited to hopefully have a game tomorrow instead of a, a sky full of smoke. And uh, and uh, hey, what's up, uh, Eris? That's our other co-host. Um, we also have a couple popping in that are going to be listening early on and then joining in on the speaking um, as we go on a little bit later in the show. And, you know, we're here to chat football, so let's get started right away with... Uh, oh, and we got... Uh, there we go. We got our third... Uh, Third speaker right here. So everybody, uh, or sorry, Thomas, uh, say hello to everybody, all of our listeners. Hello, everyone. Hope you're all enjoying the undefeated streak and getting ready for the game tomorrow. Awesome. That's what's up. And that's where we're going to get started is our four-match undefeated streak. So when we had our last episode a couple of weeks ago, we were looking at a 3-0 victory in Halifax with a, a busy week of games ahead. Now, that busy week came when we were looking at, you know, facing a, a third-place Cavalry and a first-place Forge, and we smoked both of them. We had a, a, a tight game against Cavalry, but ultimately we get the um, game-winning goal. And uh, and then hold on there, uh now, Cavalry, I think a thing that they'd want to bring up is they thought we maybe got lucky in a few calls with the ref, but it is what it is. And what we uh, did see was a, on a very hot day there at York Line Stadium on, uh, on the Sunday was uh, Clement Bayer got his first goal for the Nine Stripes as he gets this little touch from Di Rosario. Actually, to start off the play before that, Paris G playing at center back. What a beautiful pass, uh, and definitely watch by his goal again to see it. But Parashi sends it across the entire field right to Di Rosario, who does get a little touch on it, right to our number 12, who does, I think, what it was a great touch to just get around Carducci and, and bury it. And that's all we needed on the day. Um, we'll chat about um, each game individually in a second, but just to get to our midweek game last week, we, uh, including myself and Josh and a few of us here, uh, march into Hamilton to Tim Horton's field. And there we first uh, see actually a pretty early on, um, relatively speaking to the, the goal scoring, uh, own goal where Austin Ricci on the left side uh, hits the ball in and, and uh, takes a fortunate bounce off um, Al- Alessandro Hajajapur and into the uh, net. And you can tell that Henry was frustrated um, on the commentary because I watched the game afterwards. Uh, Adam Jenkins mentioned that's the only way you might be Tristan Henry right now. Um, it turns out, so they got a goal. I think I think it was Taron Campbell again, or was it Jordan Hamilton that got... Um, Sorry for not remembering which one, but I know they, they tied it up. The fans were excited, but in the 94th minute, so fourth minute of additional time, Bram Sumar so far, far from the net that Austin Ricci in an interview afterwards said, what are you doing? What are you doing taking this shot? 
blast the ball. And I think all of us saw that that ball wasn't rising and rising, rising. No, it, it was going forward as, as fast as it could and dipped um, to uh, to what might have been the goal of the season. I'm excited to chat about that one. And just to finish off the intro here about the fourth game in our streak, 1-1 as we go into Winnipeg to another hot day where we play Valor. Mo Babuli gets the goal scoring started and I believe the 49th minute um, early in the second half with a really nice blast, like great, great shot. But speaking of great shot, uh, one of the players of the game, according to CPL, uh, Matteo Debrian, does the same thing, does a great shot, kind of just goes off Nico and goes in. So we're going to chat these games for a little bit, starting with Cavalry. So 1-0, we be Cavalry at home. Um, anyone that wants to jump in, what do you think about our game against the Cavs on the 28th of May? I thought we played very good. I think we were a bit um, sort of taken out of it a bit because I think Cavalry were quickly, they were getting a lot. They were really getting it going. And I would I would agree that there were some contentious calls that maybe swung our way. Um, but we we didn't we didn't really control that as much as we did the other games. It was very much, it was like the ball was never really in our court. I'm quite lucky that Bayo was able to just get around the keeper. And that's kind of how we're going to score, I think, is the quick counterattacks that catch the other team off guard. Yeah, that was a play that started again by the defense, just a couple touches, um, that, that one by Dero, and uh, yeah, who are, our number nines are definitely turning more into to playmakers or hold-up guys than the goal scorers, because that's another goal by a winger. Um, it's our, our wingers and our midfielders that are really putting them in the net, I think, pretty much every game that we've been scoring. Um and anyone else have any thoughts on Cavalry? Again, that game was a bit of a grind. It was a, it was a hot day uh, for sure, but it, it was one of those games you slug it out. You kind of you're stressed at the end when it's still one nil and the score hasn't changed in a while. But any uh, thoughts, Josh or Eris, on that game? I'll jump in. Um, I definitely think that that was a let off for us. It was a good momentum builder, I think, for us uh, going into the next game, but. I do think that was definitely a grind. He probably played a huge part of that. And uh, maybe there was some questionable refereeing, but I didn't see any of that. So I'm, I'm happy with that. Yeah, I think the, I think the one was the offside. Um, the, the goal they got that was called offside, and they see the replay, and he wasn't. But I don't know. You can't, like, I'll have to agree yeah. with you guys with that. I feel like Calvary did kind of have more control kind of over us a bit also the heat did play a huge factor in it but also we were since we were coming off a three nothing win in Halifax I feel like we had the momentum to go out there and just beat like get the one goal and then kind of just hold it on from there I think the thing I was excited for was uh, like a bit of a winning streak when we got that one win against Halifax, I really wanted it to turn into a second one against Calvary, and it was awesome to be there for, for when it, it did. Okay, great. Um, we'll go right along um, to um, the Forge game. So that was on last game of May. It was the last day, last game of May and the last day, uh, day of the month of May, the 31st, where we were in Hamilton at Tim Horns Field, where uh, just to, to recap once again, we got the Ricci caused 
the other team to get an own goal, which was awesome for us as uh, own goal gets on the board for their first of the season. And then uh, after, you know, Forge gets one back, but it doesn't matter in the end when Bram Sumaro, uh, who's back playing center mid, he actually played center mid in every um, start that he had, except for one, except for the loss against Pacific was his last time at center back. So we'll get into players in a little bit now that more, we're uh, more healthy, but is that the goal of the season? Yes or no? By Bremson. 100 definitely that was the goal of the season. We were there watching that, right? And when we saw that go in, like, just, like, I, we couldn't believe it, right? It was watching that. You just saw that run up and you knew something special was going to happen and that, that those touches and then that shot. So for me, that's going to be the goal of the season. Might even win him like player of the the year for York. It was uh, it was a fantastic feeling being in that stadium and being in one eighteen shouting shouting what we were shouting. Yeah, yeah. yeah so being so, go ahead, Thomas. He was tomorrow has been like he really is so much better in uh, defensive midfield and center back. He just is, everything about him is more natural. I think going for that shot might be. Something, you know, it, it, it relates to his confidence knowing that he's in his place and, you know, Nashi's not going to move him because, like, you know, players are healthy. He can finally be the player that he is. And, you know, definitely sign me up if that's the player he's going to continue to be because it was just, yeah, goal of the season for sure. Yeah, it was outstanding. It's the it's the kind of one where I watch it again, having seen it a bunch of times, and the still it's like almost the first time seeing it um, because of just the forward power on it, and just it kind of hits the top of the net and then hits the back, and Henry's diving all out. Tristan Henry had just been named the player of the week, I think the week before, and he just today got the goalkeeper of the month. So. That's a that that's a, I, I tweeted at Adam Jenkins kind of slyly being like, that's not the only way that you can beat Tristan Henry. So other than an own goal, uh, all you have to do is a goal of the season contender. But that uh, that one Brem, uh, just like Clement the week before, that also won Brem, the supporters uh, fan voted player of the match. So uh, that was Clement, and then that was Bram for the Forge game. Uh, third and last game that we're going to recap here is when we go into Valor uh, IG Field, and we drew them 1-1. We got the first goal, which was nice to see, but then Valor got one back, and there was a pretty uh, pretty significant um, game by Matteo Dubrien, who was playing left back, uh, former... Former Ottawa midfielder, I believe, and still like a young player. I think he's still in the U21 minutes. So we draw Valor now. It's great to have the undefeated streak going. So so we're at that. We still hold third place in the um, CPL table. We actually have a little bit of a gap between Cavalry. We're four points ahead of Cavalry and to Valor. Um, so what does everyone think about the 1-1 draw against Valor? Hop right in. <laughs> I think, um, I mean, the like, you know, the headline of the article I wrote was, was about Debriana. He was, I think, before we, like, talk about York, he, he was phenomenal. And he's, he has been a phenomenal player for a while now. But, like, end-to-end, end, if, if he didn't play that game, I think York probably would have won. Because there was a moment late in the game, I think it was in, like, 75th minute or so, where... Johnny Grant is on a like big run from uh, 
from fullback is before he got his um, unfortunate black eye. And DeBriand just comes in with the most perfect tackle ever. And if if Grant had kept going and DeBriand was in that position, maybe we're we're talking about four wins in a row. Um, and if he hadn't scored that, you know, miraculous goal, it would have been. Uh, it, it we we would have probably been a bit more positive. He also had those two great crosses, which Neon Bayer and Walter Ponce both headed wide, which they should have headed in. Um, so if he was in this match, it could be very different. And um, but overall, York in that match, I think I think they need to. Although it's sort of in their strategy, I think we're starting to see with sort of sitting back a bit and then just bursting upfield um, for those great, you know, moments like Babuli's goal, which is very well taken. Um, I think they need to get into games a lot quicker because, you know, I I think eventually when when a team's going to go one, two, three goals up after a first half, that you like that's the moment you can't be sitting back anymore, right? Which I think I think they're doing that for a bit too long for my liking. No, I got you. That that, that was well said. The um the well, you you brought it up. I totally agree. Young Bares and uh Ponce's um they had such close chances and it was one of those games when I was rewatching, especially when it goes uh, Valor scored after York, so then you're a little bit worried about that team getting a second goal. Uh, but how about Nico, who uh, who did really keep us in it with uh, definitely a game changing save, the, uh, the 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 diving one and the kind of long shot, and he poked it up. And I think uh, he's both uh, York on social media and NCPL gave that save uh, some love. So awesome to see. Um, any last thoughts on really any of those three games or any of our, our previous games that anyone else wants to give? And you can request to speak if you're not already a speaker. I just want to... I'd like to say... Go ahead, Josh. Go ahead. Sorry. Never mind. I would like to say that it seems like the team is now starting to find their gel and like a bit more cohesion. I think that maybe that Halifax trip really helped the the lads sort of build some chemistry because it's almost like night and day watching those two teams. I think that we just need to see our, our strikers sort of being able to finish their chances and we might be a, a good contender. I think it's definitely catching some people off guard a bit because when you look at all like the CPL experts, they weren't really picking us to go that high, but proving doesn't matter how you win. Doesn't matter if maybe the referee made a, you know a call your way or like a last second screamer wins you the game. When you're beating teams like Forge and Cavalry, no matter how you do it, it's it's remarkable. And it like York are soaring up the table, leaving May in firmly in a playoff position. Very very important. Very important. Hey guys. Hey, can you guys hear me? Okay. Hey Namu. Yep. Yes, we can. Wonderful. Hey, what's up, guys? Just catching up after the uh, uh, the semifinal, and I was just having dinner, and so just uh, catching up to you guys. And you know, just a quick comment on the uh, the last three four games. Uh, it's crazy because um, you know, like a month ago, we we're all like Nash out, <laughs> you know, everybody out. Why are you out? Whatever, right? And now we're like second or third in the table. It's kind of crazy to see. I want to say the biggest difference that I saw in the team, just uh, personnel wise, was uh, Brem. Moving from CB to a CDM, 
and it helped in both ways in the sense that um like first obviously like no bram wonder goal uh for sure but you can tell he's like clearly like a a, a cdm um like a specialist like he loves making the slide tackles and the interceptions in the center of the mid and i guess we were kind of missing that before especially because of jgl uh went out injured right and so we you know you can see the defensive steal that he brought and he just wasn't kind of doing that at cb so we were actually like kind of like it was a bit of a weakness that he was at cb like i don't think he was physical enough but he's been amazing cdm and just you know that one big change and other changes that we've seen as well have uh, just drastic drastically changed our fortunes and it's amazing to see yeah and and that's perfect name that goes uh, perfectly to the next topic which is we do want to look at uh, players that have uh there's players form in general, um, especially like the good form that we're really seeing a lot of players have. If, if there's any bad form, I don't know if there is too much. I, I know maybe a couple of guys that we could qualify for that one, but a lot more for good form. And yet, like you said, new position for Brem has really improved. I think we've had a bit more flexibility now on what we can do at center back. I know we've always had lots of uh, wing backs. Uh, Lasana Faye is been crushing it at, at left back because he does put a lot of uh offensive production in and then he'll he'll really run back and speaking of running back you'll see that with austin ricci um apparently he's playing winger and forward but you could have fooled me some of the times that he's bombing back and just do like slide tackling uh it, like his, his uh, opponent's uh, wingers and it's awesome to see that as well and, and paris g is a player that uh, is pretty outstanding. He can give 90 minutes to, I think, every game because whether it's at right back, um, you know, and then maybe you're giving Ferrari a rest and, and subbing him in. I've really liked, I've noticed Max Ferrari hasn't maybe got as many starts. Um, like he's getting them here and there, but he's, he's actually been finishing out a couple of games where they give him a half an hour after Grant has started, which is cool. Jonathan Grant's been playing well. Um, another player, a name who I totally agree with uh, your recommendation on, on one of the players of the month. One of the first ones I had to cut off was uh, Tass Mordekutis, um, who is just a rock for us at, at center back, just like when he came in um has been uh, really, really good to see there. So, um, you know, any players, uh, Thomas, that you want to highlight on, on the nine stripes? Yeah, I just want to say, I think it's kind of, in. Well, it would be interesting to see what we do tomorrow night with fullbacks, which have sort of been a big part of us getting the ball up the field. Lasana Fai is out on yellow cards, um, so he can't play. He has the one-match ban tomorrow. Grant, I'd imagine, will play. Hopefully the black guy settled down, but I could definitely see um, maybe if if Thompson's healthy, which he looks like he he is, it could be Thompson, Mordecaitis, and G and Ferrari on fullbacks, which I think would be a very ideal backline. Um, in terms of a player, yeah, Paris is definitely up there. Um, I think Alou as well has been pulling the strings a lot. I really don't like him as a holding midfielder because he's, it's just, it's not him. You, he needs that freedom to get up the field. And I think, you know, I think we might've been talking about this in like one of the group chats, but maybe Babuli holding him back. That might not even, even be a, too much of a, a good thing considering that like, even though Babuli's there, Alu is 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 just as good to be honest. So, whether that means doing juggling the formation a bit with like 
two attacking mids or something. I, I don't know, but you have to get Alou into a um a role that gets him more goals like he did in Halifax and more games like he did in Halifax where he was able to just dominate offensively. That's a super fascinating uh, topic that you just brought up. So I thought I'd just kind of jump right on that. And I see Eris in there as well. I'll try to be quick. Um, that leads me to the, the topic of a, so a suggestion that somebody had made that's pretty uh, radical, but is actually like worth the consideration to be able to sh- uh, bring Alu back to, into the center attacking mid, the, the number 10 position, right? And that suggestion was on Discord from uh, Yorkie, uh, one of our uh, good, uh, you know, like our good, good collaborators, right? I don't know if he's in here today right now. He's not. But uh, he suggested, how about Mobabuli as the uh, false nine? So, you, can, you know, you take out both uh, D-Row and uh, Wright from the starting lineup because, you know, they're like 0 for 10 right now. So have him as the false nine. Then you can push up Alu into the number 10 role. And you still keep the wingers as it is. And I thought that was a really fascinating suggestion that I don't know if I can get aboard with because it's a pretty radical one, but I want to put that out for you guys. But I see Eric's got his hand up. Go ahead, man. Yeah, what you and Thomas are saying, Alu should be playing center attack mid. I do not want to see him center mid anymore because in Halifax, he showed the type of player he is. Like He was amazing in Halifax, and he really wants to get out there and attack and play more offense rather than being kind of more in the back in the mid a bit. And I agree with actually having Babuli up number nine, and you have Alu back as the center attack mix. I think those two together could be very dangerous with our offense. Yeah, that, that's that's great stuff, guys. I, I agree with all of you. I think the uh, Thomas, you uh, gave, I think, our starting uh, back line. If Thompson's feeling good and good to play, um, he was one of my – he was one of the, the nominees, but for me, might have been, if it weren't for Brem's goal, a uh, potential man of the match against Forge. He – every time – the ball was cleared or, or a, a player was caught up to or something like that. I look back at who it was. It was Roger Thompson more often than not. So I think you put him beside Tass. Um, you put Ferrari on the on right back. I've really liked Max there. I think he played earlier in the season further up. I think though our attacking contingent, um, you know, maybe can use him back because I've seen Max more than a few times just go for a huge run forward and you know that he'll generate some offense. But I think just kind of he, he's built pretty well. He's good for shithousery. He'll pull on guy's shirts, pull him down, argue with the ref that he gets the foul. So I've enjoyed his uh, his uh, play there as well. And, uh, and yeah, go ahead. Uh, go ahead, guys. Basically just jumping off what you just said. That, uh, if anything, I'm shocked, but it's, I think it's a very good uh, problem to have that uh, Max Ferrari, a player that's been so on form every time he's played for us, especially at the uh, fullback position, that we have that luxury of being able to bench him right now. I think it's crazy. Like, um, I feel like York United has never had the, the depth, uh, whether because of injuries or because of our uh, lack of signings before. I feel like this is uh, one, one of the times where we can kind of say, wow, we have like really good players on the bench that we think should be starting. And Max Ferrari, for me, is the number one guy on that list. So I'm excited to see what he can do in the starting lineup tomorrow. 
because uh, I think he's been a baller. I, you know, like, I don't know how Nash is justifying to him that he's on the bench, but he is. But uh, the, all the other guys have been balling out as well. That's fantastic, right? The only guy that I'm going to, you know, I'm, uh, Jason, I'm glad that uh, you uh, observed all that for Roger Thompson. I appreciate that. Because for me, like, I'm, I feel, I'm looking at him, I'm feeling like he's like, like a step behind. I feel like he's lost the pace. Uh, and I don't think he was a fast guy to begin with. So uh, that's the one where one guy where I'm like you know like I feel like Grant can totally push him for the starting role uh, on that CB spot next to Tass. Uh, Eris, go ahead, man. I'm jumping here. I'm jumping here. Uh, I'm gonna say that Ferrari is becoming Arlorea. Like that dude is getting in there and agreed. agreed. And I think that he needs to be on the starting every time because he'll be there at the ref just chirping at him and like holding us down. So he's a, he's a core player that needs he's to be starting He's got that dog more. in him. Not really sure why. It's not maybe it's recovery from the injury, but it's, uh, yeah, to me, he's the player this year that, like, we really need to be starting to watch. Let me add to this about Max. So Max naturally plays, he's more of an attacker. He's not a fullback. When we signed him, he was not a fullback. But he's literally, especially this season, proved I think he should be, like, one of our starting fullbacks. Fully. Go ahead, Thomas. Bro, I think like I think real quick, I think he this guy could be like a, a successor to Ensa in terms of being like an all CPL selection. I don't know if uh, I forget if Ensa was selected uh, all CPL last year or not, but he should have been one thousand percent. Everybody knows he got robbed. I don't think he did. I think the uh, Miguel Acosta got instead, but he got robbed. And I feel I like uh, you know we've always had good right backs and left backs with uh, Abzi, Ensa, Donor. Bro, he is so like he's just as good as them, if not better. He's incredible. I'm shocked but that he's not starting. But though too, like especially. Since oh, we Gito, got rid for of sure. Ensa, even, especially when we got rid of Ensa, people were like, "Oh, like I don't know what we're gonna do." And I'm like, "No, like Gi, like going into the season is gonna be like Ensa's replacement." But now, like Ferrari's getting, he's up there with him. Totally agreed. Totally, you see, for me, it's the uh, five. I, uh, you know, I feel like that's where the competition is. I feel like it's Pai versus uh, uh, Ji or Gi. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad you said it, Gi, because uh, I know that last name is Chinese. And the whole time we've been saying Ji, but it could be Gi. So I'm, you know, we should ask him when we see him in person if it's Ji or Gi. <laughs> what do you got for us, Thomas? Okay, I was just thinking, because we were talking, like, with the false nine and Babuli stuff earlier. I was thinking because so much of our play is like down the wings and through our fullbacks, and especially since Max and Lasana are both very offensively minded, and even and even if he's not there, he's going to be at center back, right? So I was thinking maybe if we were to push them deeper and just play like everyone else down the middle, like a four-two-two-two or something like that, because then you can have um, Alu and Babuli. Um, along with you soon have Alu and Babuli in like the middle of that, and then um, Sumaro and JGL, and then you would even do like Diro and right and or Ricci, Ricci and Baya or something like that, and sort of play around with that because a lot of our wing play is going through our fullbacks. I was thinking, like, what would you think of that if we if they were sort of the catalysts of the offense instead of you know, uh, you know, Ricci and Baya instead of them being on the wings in attack, if G and or uh, G or Ferrari or Fi comes all the way up. Na- Namu, I know I'll, you left off. I'll go in. 
No, Jay, uh, Josh, go first. Josh, you go first, and I go after you. No, you go first. I would think I like I like Max where he is. Um, I think that he'll get goals from where he is. Plus, I think he's holding it down. Uh, G, I can see moving up or Guy. Um, Richie, uh, yeah, I want Richie to stay where he is. He's playing the best games that I've seen him play forever. He is uh, the tail of the the CPL like redemption arc. And uh, he's killing it. So, like, in, in terms of that, I, I would keep Ricci where they are and Max and then maybe move up. I'm G. not saying, like, move, like I'm, they keep them in their positions, but if they just play the, you know, more attacking role, even though they already do. But, it, like, because they already do, having them play more in attack might not be a problem. I was going to say I totally agree with you because uh, – I think uh, fullbacks, wingbacks have become such an important uh, part of uh, modern football. And for me, modern football, part of that is uh, everybody attacks and everybody defends together, right? And so, you know, before like uh, 20 years ago, you'd ask fullbacks to stay back. You'd ask the wingers to attack the wings and you'd ask the fullbacks to stay back. Whereas now, like, you know, modern football, like, you know, the majority teams, the vast majority teams, your fullbacks will overlap your wingers and they will put in the crosses. And let's see, have we seen that so far from Bai? Yes. Have we seen that from, who's our right back? Right now it's Grant. Yeah. I, it's so funny. You know, for me, that's the most interesting thing is that uh, Grant, you know, is a natural right back, but G, so G or G is also a natural right back as well. But we're having G, the smaller guy, playing center back, and Grant, the taller guy, play right back. But we don't see him overlap that much. I don't see him putting that much crosses. So I don't know if he's supposed to be like a defensive specialist, whereas Bai is supposed to bomb up. But uh, no doubt about it that when Max is playing fullback, he will be the one that overlaps and bombs and uh, will put the crosses in for sure. Um, so I agree with you about fullbacks pushing up, but I'm also curious as to why it's not Grant playing CB and G or G playing right back. I'm curious about that. Can I, I just, I'm going to add to this. I think Grant, like, he's a natural right back, but especially now with his injuries, and I would say his age, he should just, we should just keep him at CB. I find him more successful at CB than he's been at the right back position for us this season. Yep. And uh, looking at our, our four game streak, I keep uh, pretty good nerdy records of like, of uh, rosters and, and stuff too. So our last two games. Grant started a right back, and the two before that, Ferrari started a right back. The two before that, in which we lost four to one, Paris G or G, was uh, was right back. So Paris G has played center back the four straight games. So I think there's a bit of like, um, don't you know, don't change, uh, no need to change what's working well. So G's been with Mordecudis for three of those. Uh, Lasana has just been at left back for the entire month of May. I know he had a couple of uh, games off earlier on in the season, but he's he's one of the ones that's really rounding into form. And I think this was brought up by uh, both Namu and Josh at different points, is that we're seeing this team click and we're seeing the results of the, the practices and just them meshing together. And it was the... Halifax and Cavalry game that were back-to-back identical starting lineups. That does not happen too, too often, but we had Nico, Max, G, Tass, Faye at the back. We had Baldissimo and Samaro uh, at the uh, center holding midfield. And we had Alou and Baia basically um, 
and Richie, sorry, um, kind of up there together. Um, and then D Rosario was the, the starting striker for both of those uh, Halifax and Cavalry games. And then we totally rotated out for Forge and still had a good result, which is interesting. And just looking again, um, I would say that the Valor lineup was a little bit of a mix of both of the two because we had some of... Uh, for example, Alu was in the holding position for this last game of Valor, which I know a few of us were saying not the ideal one when we'd rather have him up. And I agree. I, I really like how Osama Alu drives the attack. He's, he's, he, he, I think he really has the high football IQ because he, he usually does the right thing. And I uh, have to agree with Josh's redemption story angle for Austin Ricci. He's, he's been playing so well, it's not even all the time in my mind that he's missed two seasons basically the entire season due to severe knee injuries and uh it's been awesome to see him back yeah and and just to bring up you know what to do at the number nine spot i I don't want to be too negative but a couple players with not ideal form it hasn't been outright bad but we were just oh uh zero goals and 10 games for both brian wright and uh and uh de rosario I saw someone need to work on their headers. Yeah, work on the headers. I know they can't be going into the uh, the ad boards behind the net anymore. <laughs> At least get it on net and make the goalie do something. But we've just kind of been off target with those headers. So I wouldn't mind Babuli or Ricci trying them out there as as the the lead guy up front as as the actual number nine or more likely like a false nine because like I've been. Uh, searching every goal that we've scored again, midfielder or a winger or, or that one own goal. So that's, uh, that's where our firepower has been coming from in this uh, formation. But uh, it's, it's, <laughs> we was saying earlier, it's like last, last recording, we're like, yo, like Nash out, like everyone out. And now we're like genius and we're high fiving them and meeting them after the game. So but the fun part about that forge game is uh, Angus McNabb did join us in the away section and uh, Josh and them were jumping up and down celebrating once we got that, uh, that Brem goal, and he was pretty happy. Uh, Thomas, you know, as as one of the um, people who helps helps with with the fanzine, this like issue might have seen it um, online, and it'll be at the uh, game tomorrow, I believe, and if not, the home game after that. the the whole The whole you know gist of it, and all the articles are about how oh, we're in so much trouble, and it's mostly about the ownership stuff. It's not really about what's going on in the field. But I feel like we should have waited like two more weeks because we could have put a few more positive things in that. That's for sure. This this is the gloom. Yo, yo, who put the deadline for two weeks ago? (laughs) Because, yo, we didn't have a home game at the time, did we? (laughs) Josh. (laughs) Hey, need to get to the printing page and uh, it is what it is. We were all feeling pretty mellow and pretty low there for a while. It's things things look pretty bleak there for a See, bit. Now we need to get all the articles in for the next one where we're flying high because we don't know what's, what's about to happen next as we take on Ottawa. There you go. <laughs> okay. Yeah, at, at this rate, just to make sure we get like everything in, we have to do morning and the evening crusts. <laughs>
Hey, if you'll edit it, let's yeah, do it. The crust twenty four hour news cycle now. As well, it's uh, Nico said it on the the footy first thing. It's like football's fans' memories are, are so short that like whatever the last game or the last two games were is pretty much how you're how you're feeling. Like your your whole vibe sometimes is is reflecting off just the, a couple of games or seeing how things are, are going. So, um, I, I want to get into players now that have once worn the nine stripes, but they're off elsewhere now and crushing it for another team because we've just had the um nations league uh lineup released for canada's men's national team and two of the names on there one of them is ross county and former uh cavalry player victor latore canadian of course and another one we know very well because he did wear the um york united uniform in 2021 and 2022 is dominic Zator. So congrats to both uh, Dom and Victor for making the the national team there. Again, they they have some uh, – might be pretty low on the depth chart considering it's a pretty stellar lineup, but you never know if they, if they get a few minutes in there uh, at the end, which would be awesome to see. Um, and I'm going to bring up uh, something else. I know uh, it's awesome that, that Dom's uh, Canadian, but he's also part – Polish, and that's where he, he plays his club football, to where Krona uh, Kielce, I hope I'm not totally butchering that, which I am, uh, survived relegation, so they're going to stay up in the, the Poland extra strata, extra, oh man, I should learn Polish before uh, talking about Zator, I think. We, uh, we had not only that stay up uh, uh, in the Polish league, but also Another player I want to bring up, and someone that we were ta- we were trying to figure out who's the York, you know, top player of all time, and a lot of guys that weren't saying Sator were saying Dianadine Abzi, and Abzi went to uh, play for Pau FC in Ligue 2, um, the second tier of football in France, and joined a team that I think finished about mid-table. Um, unfortunately, the, the Pau season was spent in the bottom half of the table, but once again, when, when things got intense, they did survive and stay up. So we got three players that are, are doing really well, and two of them, again, directly contributed with 90-minute with performances pretty often to keep their teams up actually i don't want to disrespect victor latoury ross county also survived the uh the scottish um they have a playoff so they played um pardic thistle or, or i believe again i'm saying all these team names wrong probably so they played one of the teams from the scottish second division and ross county ended up uh winning um i think in a penalty shootout or, or they they ended up winning over the two legs regardless so that's uh, Latori, Sator, and Abzi, two of those guys, nine stripes. Uh, what do we think of how these guys are doing? Latori's team was down, I think, like 3 1 in the first leg. Then the second leg, they came back to one on penalties. So, one of the greatest escapes. Same as Latori, when he went um, to Kronikelche, they were firmly in the relegation zone. I think they were bottom. And they were dead last when Don Sator joined. That is yeah. correct. Yeah, and now they've they've passed with flying colors. Um, and it, this he's bring he. We, I mean, we, all, we always knew it as like York, uh, York followers and all that. That, but he's he's really, I think maybe brought more of like a sense of calm to them at the back. Um, but hats off to Sator and uh, Abzi. 
and um, and Vic Victor Latouri. Of course, not all Canadians stayed up. Lair and Real Valladolid went down, but you can't win them all. Uh, either way, the tour did amazing. Abzi too. I think they both got goals and assists this year, and were good on defense, starting a lot of games. So definitely a very positive sign as to how the CPL and especially York is producing players. Let me just jump in really quickly with Zator. I'm pretty sure since he's joined the Polish league, he's been one of the top defenders in the league. I don't, I think he's made like two or three like team of the weeks for that league. But you know, his team got like, they're probably like, we didn't even expect him. I think to be playing that good. But by far, he's been one of the top players in Poland. Abzi, I think he's been good, but he's all. I feel like he's been sometimes a ghost some matches. He's not. He hasn't always been fully consistent. But I feel like near the end, especially with how he's almost getting regulated, he stepped up a lot. Bruh. <laughs> The uh, yeah, so yeah, dead last were Corona um, when uh, he joined. Yeah, Absy, I found a bit interesting, and I just say that because I, I checked, you know, Bot Bob or Sofa Score, and, and didn't see his name at all. I think he might have picked up an injury because it was weird to see him not starting or on the bench in like the latter. Yeah, because I feel like he played a lot for a bit, and then kind of was like sorry, yeah. and then like kind of was like quiet. Like I wasn't seeing him play a lot, so I was kind of like, what's going on with him? I think he was injured, and I know he went to Morocco, like on the Instagram, on his Instagram story, he's been in like Morocco, and he posted like a picture of like the flight like the day before the game or something. So I think he got injured and left. What I was going to say about those two guys is, uh, you know, obviously it's amazing what they're doing, right? They're making uh, York United proud. Uh, like, we got a York United alumni in the roster, yeah, on the left. And we got a guy who uh, probably would have made the roster if it wasn't for the fact that we're, you know, he's likely waiting for the, the Moroccan national team. Like, uh, if he wasn't waiting, uh, I'll take anywhere, yeah, anywhere's cool. I'm just getting off of Uber, guys. <laughs> anywhere here is cool, man. Thanks a lot, bro. And what I was going to say was, have a good one, bro. What I was going to say was that, um, Oh, yeah, I've said that, you know, if uh, Abzi wasn't uh, waiting for Morocco, like, he like he probably could have taken that last spot over Zator at that. I feel like that's how good he uh, is. Like, he's in the league, dude. That's pretty high ro- high level, right? Uh, you know that, uh, you know, I think Jason alluded to that debate of uh, who's the, uh, you know, greatest uh, European alumni we've had so far. And for me, the, the reason I vote for Abzi over Zator is that, uh, you know, Zator was, you know, solid, amazing, always like our top one, top two player. Whenever he played for us, you know what you could count from him. But Absi, when he was on, he was like transformational. Like he was like on another level where you're like, this guy's too good for CPL. And you could kind of see that like very obviously. And so for me, like, you know, even if like you don't, I don't know how they've been doing like exactly. I'm not watching the games in uh, Poland or France right now. Like what I remember from them together, like Absi was on a, another level. And I feel like he's got uh, years ahead to kind of prove that. Yeah. Well, before before he literally got sold to Pau, he was argu- arguably the best player in the CPL, and it was like he was also playing very well on offense. At the same time, you know, being a left back and he was scoring as a left back. I think it also helps that he was like a day one guy. So there's a lot more. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yo, he's day one. Like he's our homegrown boy. Like Abby will always be our boy. 
is Abzi like forever the the okay if if York were to like obviously this is a not doesn't happen in football but if York were to like retire numbers is he the first guy that you know number twenty goes to the rafters? Ooh. If that were to happen, yeah, I think so. Over Zader, yeah, I would think so. Yeah, just the amount of time he spent here, and he was, I think, last year going into 2022, I think it was just Abzi and Thompson from year one. And then we had a few guys that were from year two, like Matt, uh, Max and uh, Johnson, and then a few of those guys that were um, around there. So, yeah, I. You know, love to see our guys balling out. That is awesome. I'll be definitely watching the Nations League game. Um, I don't think that preliminary has actually been played yet, so we think it's going to be Trinidad and Tobago. But hopefully, you know, get a few minutes. Uh, in the- I also confuse the Nations League and the Gold Cup all the time, so I could be talking nonsense. But we are. Um, let's see. Up next, we have, and this is uh, very important and very special to us all, um, especially with Northern Quarter participating. And Josh, uh, shout out to you for leading the way for Pride Razor. So it is June. It is Pride Month. It is tomorrow. Our uh, Friday, June 9th is our Pride match. It is against Atletico Ottawa. Um, we also have a new third jersey. Um, the again third jersey, the pride or pride themed jersey, and finally the the jersey was debuted. It wasn't actually an official York United uh, quote unquote event. It was uh, talking a little bit to some of the staff, and there was um, I think it was called the drink. I hope I'm not butchering that, but it was um, this, yeah. and and Josh and Josh, I think you were there. I don't know if you want to speak. Yeah, so it was a it was a drag show um, at the drink that was the uh, it was the official kit launch for the Pride jersey, um, and it was it was fun. Yeah, that's awesome. So we um, are definitely more than a few of us have uh, are ordering the jersey. I've already ordered it, and, and shout out to the staff at the uh, Forge game on the thirty first. We actually had. Um, Cody and the staff, they, they're wearing the jerseys themselves, but they actually brought it to, to one of our supporters. Um, and not only that, brought it, wore it for the match, but there's also a, a shout out to the York United store, a goal score special in which if a player scores, gets on, excuse me, gets on the score sheet for that game. If you head to the online store, you get their name on the jersey for free. So we already are seeing a lot of uh, Sumaros or Bullies, and hopefully as the uh, Pride Razor month continues, we'll see a lot more goals. We are already, if I'm not mistaken, at the number of league goals that we were at for all of June last year. I think we got one league goal in June and one CanChamp goal, or it was just like one across the board um, in 2022. So Moba gets us on the board. I think we got to uh, 70 per goal is where that hit, and there's no reason that that can't go up if anyone still wants to pledge. Um, and uh, go ahead, Thomas. Yeah, so I just want to point out, like, the Pride Razor, it's not the only thing that you can sort of help during the Pride Month across the CPL. Like, the 15% of the proceeds from the jersey go to a, um, uh, like, LGBTQ organization, and some of the ticket is being, tickets, uh, prizes are being donated to. So, look, I don't want to promise any events, like, will be happening. You never know with, like, the wildfires and stuff, but uh, 
hopefully the game is very much good to go tomorrow and make sure you go. Um, there's a ton of reasons to be there, but uh, you'll be helping out a good organization when you do go. Yeah, we all of our fingers are crossed that the current wildfire situation uh, doesn't postpone the match. I uh, was at a, a League One Ontario game yesterday where it was, it was I wouldn't say noticeable, but definitely the the sun is looking a lot redder. But um, hopefully, we see you all out there. Where kickoff is tomorrow um, at seven thirty Eastern. Um, get there early. And if you want to, for example, pick up the Pride jersey, this is a good opportunity, too, because we only have two home matches in the month of June. Uh, we are definitely a lot more on the road. We have uh, our, we played our first game on the road in Winnipeg. Looks like we're actually going back and forth because we have a home game against Ottawa. Then we're back on the road for a Father's Day game June 18th against uh, Pacific. And then we are back home on what would be a Wednesday, uh, Wednesday the 21st um, as we host Halifax. And then we do head out on the road for our last game in June on Saturday the 24th in Cavalry. And it'll be very exciting that we're going to uh, we got our one of our supporters that are heading out to Cavalry, which is awesome. Alrighty, so let's get into our uh, Atletico Ottawa match preview. So we are playing the team that um, we have beat one nil in the the one visit that we went there, thanks to Mobabuli's free kick goal. Um, Atletico did win their last game. Go ahead, Josh. And Ingham beating shit. <laughs> yes, 100%. Um, yeah, so actually Ingham is... There's that and there's... Uh, Ingham hasn't been playing, so Ottawa's had a bit of a losing streak with Sean Melvin in. Um, right now, they're sixth place and a... You know, there's a log jam between fourth and eighth in the, uh, in the table. Um, give me one... Second here. So for our Atletico uh, match preview, um, thank you very much for joining joining us, John. Uh, John is a Atletico Ottawa fan, and hopefully here to give us uh, the lowdown on how AO are doing, how their form is, how he's feeling for the match, and uh, or just letting us have it. Uh, go ahead, John. Welcome to the show. We request we request English, not Spanish. By the well, way, well, well, I I might hit hit you with some French here and there. My Spanish isn't great, but uh, thanks for having me on, fellas. Yeah, it's it's an interesting position to be in. Just speaking on the the Nathan situation, um, Ingham has had an injury that has kind of been following him since uh, his his stint with uh, San Luis down in Mexico. So that's been something that was bothering him for a while. I can't say that you know. That's why he was brutal on uh, set pieces early on, but it definitely wasn't helping. So he's been resting that. We probably won't see him back for this game, um, but we have heard some good things that he is on the mend. He's back practicing with the rest of the lads. So hopefully we'll see him back uh, back in net soon um, as he continues to recover from that. Otherwise, I mean, we, we were finally graced with a home win. Um and it's, it's interesting. I think right now there are two teams whose records might be a little better than their performances, and that would be Forge and York. Um, and it's not that 
you know, any team deserves a win. That's not how the sport works. Um, but there were some pretty fortunate escapes here and there um, for York this season so far that I'll be curious to see if that is a trend or just those early season jitters. Um, otherwise, I think we're, we're starting to solidify more and more in possession. Our long balls have been getting better. There's a lot of improvement in this squad, but it's also important to remember that this squad is on average two years younger than York, which if you set, told me last year, that's what would happen. I wouldn't believe you. Um, but looking at the uh, pregame stats, we're looking at about 24 year olds uh, average, whereas York is at 26. So there is kind of an experience gap that will be interesting to see how we overcome because that young squad has had their struggles um, in kind of finding their footing. So I think it'll be a good game. I think there's a, a lot to look forward to in it. I think we're definitely uh, really wanting to keep this winning kind of piece up. Now that we've gotten that first first one at home, we're wanting that to be kind of a catalyst for the rest of the season. So there's definitely a, a big desire to, to go out and get results. But it's going to come down to a number of things. I think the smoke is the one thing that we can all agree we're hoping doesn't have an impact on the game. Yeah, hey, that's that's a, an awesome uh, breakdown of, uh, of everything as well. And I'm looking through a, a few of their previous results. So, yeah, so uh, John mentioned that Atletico did just get their first home win, and that was a 2-0 victory uh, over HFX Wanderers. Um, Wanderers have been an interesting team because they were, along with Calvary, a team that just couldn't stop drawing and drawing and drawing. They're a team that we can, I think, all agree Halifax are um, – they're they're like rebuilding, but they're also really impressing. And, and Patrice Geyser's uh, guys he brought over from League One have been looking good. But also the the Halifax Classic players have been good. But uh, Caligari has been pretty good. So to get two goals on on that uh, team is pretty good. And hopefully it doesn't happen to us. It's uh, Shaw and Ali Basser were the two that scored in that game against HFX, and. Um, so I'm looking at Ottawa's formation too. It's definitely an attacking one. Like it literally looks like the three at the back of uh, for this previous game. Just as an example, they got uh, Luke Singh. Um, again, that was a, a, a sneaky, low-key good pickup because it's a, a player I didn't maybe rate the highest at all times, but has been at least I think solid, which is what you want in a defender. And um, then you got Espejo. Obviously, really good player last year who's also in the back there and then um i have the poor pronunciation on carl yet he's a name he's a name that's like oh yeah I, I remember him from way back but now that's pushed acosta up into like a more stopper or or, or like center holding role and then he got uh the like a lot of different options that attack with uh yeah a few younger guys like you mentioned uh Asi, i think is below 20 he's like 18 i think or yeah he's 18 years old and zachary who is another young player there so it's fun a little bit funny how those roles switched we were the the young guns last year i think by this point in the season we probably had all of the u21 minutes uh versus this year we're already looking josh i think you said they need something like 90 minutes per game of u21 minutes to make the time so i'll let you guys take it from here um, I was just wondering to John, are you interested in taking Brian Wright back at all? 
<laughs> um, we, we, we said when we didn't take his option that uh, there were no returns or exchanges. So sorry, fellas, uh, you might be stuck with that one. And and to, to, as much as Wright has rightfully gotten a lot of criticism this year, um, a lot of it just seems to be some bad beats in you know the offside in those those little moments. So he definitely needs to tighten it up if he wants to stay in starting 11 and more more importantly what the hell's going on with nash playing him over the road every game um you know there's there's one thing to criticize the player but the coach is the one putting them in that position so there might be some uh, bigger concerns on that front but i'm sure you've all discussed that ad nauseum at this point yeah the uh, the lack of being able to see goals from our number nines but yeah they, they've been uh coming from elsewhere but it looks like i mean even i think talking like a little bit with with Angus didn't seem too bothered because I think he likes what they do. And sometimes you have your strikers that are just there to draw other players away. But it's it's such a switch for Di Rosario, which was a, a questionable offside call away from tying for the Golden Boot to being you know double. When it hit seven games, you know he was agent double oh seven. Then we hit double oh nine, and it's like it's it's the joke isn't funny when it's like 0011 at this point so um now how has one for 905 yeah. how how uh john a uh, question for you how uh, has noah verhoven been because i was a york player for us last year that i think a lot of people generally it, it was weird because i think he was generally well liked he did get voted to our team of the year uh, in the um the center holding role. But I also think people thought that might've been some room for improvement. And then when we brought in uh, Jeremy Gagnon Lapere and other players, I think we were a bit happy, but I also saw uh, Noah score a pretty nice goal for you guys, which I think was his first ever CPL goal. So um, I know he didn't start last game, but has he, he been getting starts? Has he been more of a bench player? Yeah, it's it's interesting. Of the players that came in, um, Verhoeven was one that I wasn't too sure about um, off the bat. I mean, his time in New York wasn't be- strictly bad, but it wasn't necessarily anything to write home about. Um, so we were thinking, okay, he's got good distribution. He's got good kind of ball control. Uh, but he has been one of the kind of surprises for me on this roster for ATO, where I think he's really overperformed what I was expecting. Um we are in a difficult position for him um, where our midfield, because we're lacking a center, a center D mid, we're kind of in a tough spot for him where he's sometimes filling that role. Sometimes that's filled by Acosta. Um, so a lot of the early season has been kind of feeling that out. Um, but honestly, his distribution has been great. His crosses have been really solid. Um, and he's, he's been able to kind of thrive, I think, um, in our system. So it's, it's definitely someone that I think going in, I wasn't expecting much from, but moving into later into the season, I'm hoping that he is going to keep, that he is going to get starts and things like that, even though he's been used slightly more situationally in the past, uh, game or two. Um, but yeah, no, I think every Atletico fan is kind of happy with, with how that turned out um, and how he's been performing, especially when we look at uh, if we're counting the not official trade of right for Verhoeven. Um, I think we definitely won That's that it. one. I see Tom <laughs> has had his hand up for a while though. And I'm curious what he has to say. All right, let's go Thomas. Yeah. I just want to say something about right. I think Nash likes him uh, starting because he can, 
you know, he has been moving out toward the the wings a lot, and I think that's a, that is a big part of Nash's game is just sort of people, um, you know, moving into the different attacking positions, and I think Wright will he'll go join Baya sometimes, if I'm not mistaken, um, on that right side and just try to um, get in toward goal. Also, I'm very interested to see how this will play out as two teams who I think we've, I mean, we've, we've talked about York kind of ne- needing to settle into games and not just playing strictly defensive and then picking up the ball and going with it. But that still, and John, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but that still seems to be what uh, Ottawa is, is doing a lot. And I think it'll be interesting to see who can actually, or if anyone will want to take the reins of this game, or if it'll be a bit, you know, flat without anyone really going for it. I think something that's been kind of growing for us a little bit this season is a little more possession um, and a little more kind of aggressive play. You'll see Bassett press quite a bit. Um, now, whether or not that is Bassett just getting frustrated with, you know, Salter and Shaw who don't press quite as much um, or, or what exactly that is, there has been a little bit of a shift there. So it wouldn't surprise me to see um, us try and take a little more control of the ball and a little more uh, control in space. Um, but really, I think both teams kind of have that space to do so. The big, the big gap for ATO is is our midfield because there's not that like clear defensive midfielder who can really take charge and keep the zone um, covered. I think that's where a lot of teams are going to try and work through us. Now, that being said, uh, Miguel Acosta has really been kind of growing into that role. It's something that he has never played professionally or otherwise um, up to this point. Um, but he has been really able to adapt to it. And it's a very difficult position, I'm sure, as, as most of you know. So it's something that I think has been really impressive for him. And I hope that he's able to keep it up as we get closer to the transfer window where we can hopefully fill that gap um, and, and bring somebody in. All right. Awesome. Yep. That's a, uh, yeah, we got a, a good idea of who now we are playing uh, tomorrow. So I want to hear from everyone from both sides. I want to hear your final score prediction. And I am John going to put you on the spot first. Let us know what you think will happen in tomorrow's game. I think uh, ATO is coming out hungry. I think they, they want to keep up this momentum. I'm going to go with two to one for ATO. Okay, very nice. Who do you think is going to score? I'm going to say from our end, it's going to be Bassett, and I'm going to I'm going to say Salter to to add a little bit of excitement there. So we're saying Bassett and Salter, and then I think Moe's going to get a sneaky one on us. Okay, nice. Okay, I'll uh, I'll go next because I was also going to say two one. I gotta I gotta give it to to our guys. I'm going to you know keep keep Ryan streak that way. Maybe one or two one or one of us is right, one or the other. But I'm going to. I, I also think Bassett's going to score, but I think just the – I think Alou is just going to keep his momentum going. And the, the two uh, guys I think have been linking up and doing excellently, I think Alou and I think uh, Austin Ricci are going to hopefully bring us to a, to a victory. I know uh, just looking at Ottawa's last few games, it seems that one of the two teams is going to finish – in zero goals. That's how the last, you know, the, they went two 0 winning against Halifax. Um, then they, they lost Ottawa lost to, to forge and cavalry as zero one and two nil. Um, and then before that they absolutely flattened Vancouver 
5-0. And it wasn't until the game before that that was the 1-1 draw with Forge. So a little bit against the green, both of our picks saying both teams will score, kind of looking at how things have been. But Thomas, Namu, or Josh, what's going to be the final score at 9.30 or so tomorrow night? Yeah, so I think the most common result in this matchup is a draw. There have been nine draws out of 15 or so meetings or something like that. And it's only sort of like once in a blue moon where when a team kind of comes out victorious. And I think recently York, you look at the last day of the season in 2022, um, and you look at in earlier in 2022, uh, York can't come back to tie it. So I think it's going to be something similar to that. Maybe Atletico goes up by one and then just sort of exchange goals. So I'm going to go for a 2-2 draw. I think I'm going to say Bassett will score. Uh, I I think at this point, he's got to be the bet for Golden Boot, even though he's maybe not in a you know traditional goal-scoring position. But I'm going to go Bassett and we'll say um, also from Ottawa, maybe... Maybe even a guy. Hmm. I don't know who will score the. I don't know who will score the other one. Uh, without is is Malcolm Shaw gone for the Gold Cup, or is he still playing one more game before leaving? I think he'll be playing tomorrow, but I'm not entirely sure. If you if you want a little help, the the right answer is likely uh, Zach Verhoeven, not Verhoeven, but Verhoeven. Okay, yes, um, the wonders come on and. Uh, He's he's done a lot of work in his limited time on the pitch, so him there's an option. And Baus did pretty well against Vancouver in that five 0 game, I think. So yeah, Verhoeven would be a, a a good bet. And for York, uh, for two goals, I'm gonna go with uh, we'll say we will say Babuli, and I think I'm actually gonna. I think I think Dero will get his first one. I think. If they they've been doing it in, from my knowledge, they've been doing some more uh, stuff in training to get to get Dero and Wright into goal scoring positions and to actually to score. Nash said um, he said before on on Sunday after the Valor game, he said that's something that they want to fix in terms of having how number nines aren't scoring or he wants them to score. So I think I'm gonna go with Dero to to get one. Uh, so I'm going to start off with, you know, shout out, happy birthday to the Bytown Boys, 12th anniversary. That's okay. the only thing you'll hear me for Ottawa. And uh, I'm going to say 1-0 for us, Ricci gets the goal. All right, we got a 1-2, we got a 2-1, two, we got a 2-2, two, we got a 1-0. Two, two, and uh, Namu, what do you got? Uh, I appreciate what Josh just said because uh, I'm a old Bytown boy. So, yo, mad respect for that for you and uh, hey, uh, a big uh, hello to uh, uh, John and to the uh, CCAG uh, SG account as well. I'm going to say, uh, John, like you're the, the John from the, the Discord, right? Because I just saw your message while I was catching up to my old messages, man. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Good to have you in here, man. And uh, yeah, good to have you guys here for sure. Uh, what I was going to say was, um, you know, like uh, all the uh, matchups in Ontario, it's spicy and it's great, man. Like this is... Uh, what we always dreamed about before 2019. You know, we always talked about the need for more clubs in Canada. And we literally have that right now with the, us, Ottawa, and Forge. And I've enjoyed every single moment of all these, like, spicy matchups that we've had. Even my daughter's so happy. Look at you. <laughs> What's her score prediction? I did bring her to Ottawa one time. 
What's that? What's her score prediction? Score prediction? I usually don't make predictions because uh, I feel I find predictions to be uh, fools errand in my opinion. So uh, you know, unless I'm making some money. What, but what uh, what's, what's your daughter's score prediction? <laughs> what I'm gonna say is, um, yeah, we've had a lot of draws, but it's time for some more uh, York United wins. Okay, that's what I'm gonna say. But what I want to say is, uh, anybody who comes, what's up? Anybody who comes from Ottawa to say hi to Daddy and to York United are welcome, and we look forward to welcoming you guys to WS tomorrow. Right. So that's the biggest thing. That's what I want to say for all you guys. Okay, respect. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we uh, we definitely had this a rough home game last year for us when we were looking over at one ten because you guys were celebrating your second and third goals. So hopefully we're uh, you know not somewhat gracious host, but maybe not as gracious on the scoreboard this time. Whereas, uh, and thank thanks a lot, John, for for joining us. We're uh, both excited to host you, but uh, no, a few of us are excited to head down to Ottawa for our next uh, away game. Will be uh, the Civic Holiday Weekend, so it's a long weekend for any York supporters that want to make the trip to Ottawa um, and and see an away game. You'll have a. a saturday match i think <laughs> on this on the august long weekend to be able to go down so yeah i hope to to meet you we'll we'll have a pint there maybe we'll even do a, a live twitter spaces in ottawa if we were there long enough and uh <laughs> want to fill in the time but um we are just going to you know try to wrap things up here before 8 30 and, and just do some quick quick hits quick outro topics this is when anyone can jump in with any any cool stuff i think a, a one i want to shout out because this has been fun to watch it came so close was at the tst um 7v7 tournament that i believe was in uh, north carolina just uh, just recently where we had slc the sports league Canada team with uh, such a big connection uh, to like the Vaughn area, uh, the York region, and even to York nine, our, our original teams. So we had Daniel Gogarty, who is a uh, first year defender for us. There was uh, Joseph DiGiara, um, a midfielder that also played for cavalry that played on that team. Um, I think Zambassis, I hope I'm not getting that name totally wrong. And there was a, more than a few guys that were, Local that were just one game away from the one million dollar grand prize, but we're still proud to like it was. It was still fun to follow along. And just proud another, of those boys. Yeah. Proud of those boys. Yeah. Go ahead, Nami or, or Thomas. I know too much of Pride Match, and I know you know like there's a guest coming from the the downtown uh, league uh, for LGBTQ, which is, I thought was freaking amazing. I love that, right? But uh, if York United uh, has uh, also like that sense. I don't know if they. Uh, I don't know if it makes sense, but they should extend the invitation to that team to come to the match tomorrow as well as a guest uh, on behalf of York United because of all that York Nine connections with those uh, like you know legendary names from 2019 like DKR and stuff. But just the whole team, they were you know like they were the buzz of the football world. They're like these guys are as global, if not more, than York United right now, right? So we should They're totally like. I hope. Yo, I was messaging some of them. They're all at work tomorrow. That's why, eh? At 7.30? Damn, okay, that's the only reason. Damn, but yo, I'm glad you did. That's amazing that you did, bro. Go ahead, Thomas. I just want to say something about one of the players who I believe plays for York University, but I, I before, there was a double header before the York Cavalry game, and, um, and Vaughn at Surrey was playing Woodbridge, and the one guy that stood out that was with SLC was Sammy Sabaduga. And if we 
want to continue our, you know, tradition that we're sort of building right now of very good fullbacks. Sammy Sebaduka is, like, I'm really hoping that no one else signs him and he picks his, his local club because he could be a CPL baller. He's really skinny, so if he's going to play fullback, he might, and, you know, have a defensive role, then he, he might need to get uh, a bit a bit bigger, but um, he is phenomenal. I'm really hoping York signs him before another CPL club. Uh, Capital City, please don't take this and send it to Fernando Lopez because I think we, we want him. Dude, go on. No ceiling. <laughs> uh, Juan, what's up? So we want to shout out Juan, who was the fan of the month for May. Woo! And our best fan. And definitely our best fan. The Tifo Tifo. I appreciate it. Tifo Tifo. I got a, I got something to say, like, to get off my chest. Let's do it. The, the last hour, I've been working on this goddamn printer. And I'm trying to figure out how to work the internet. Right? <laughs> why, why does HP make things so complicated? Right. The reason I wanted to join you guys much more earlier, but I was trying to focus on printing the uh, the fanzines. So I didn't want to get too distracted while talking. But, bro, why why can I print the diagnosis, but I can't actually print the actual papers that I want to print? Whose idea was this at goddamn HP to, to do this? I have to I have to buy my own ink. Right. And they charge that separately. They even charge per page that I print. So. Guys, if you're looking for a printer, don't go with HP. It's this beef now. Sense, it's beef now between Juan and HP. All so of them, all Jason, get on tech support. Let's help this motherfucker out. <laughs> I feel like an old man in here, man. Literally an hour. <laughs> Literally an hour just to print 20 pages, and I'm still stuck. Logan and fucking Jason, help him out, man. <laughs> Anyways, guys, you guys have been doing a great job with the, the Twitter space. Really entertaining. Um... I'm looking forward to see you guys tomorrow, and uh, go York. And also, shout out, we have a fundraiser for uh, for Juan's uh, team, Etobicoke United FC. Uh, you can donate. Uh, the link tree is in our Twitter bio, and uh, it helps to get like some underprivileged kids some shit to come to games, some gear, everything you can imagine. So it, 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 it is a good a good charity to, to also donate if to. If the fanzine is able to be printed, it's also it, it will be in the fanzines. The 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 plug for that. Yeah guys, I, I really appreciate what you guys are doing for the kids. Um I noticed last week one of them had like several holes in their goalkeeper gloves, so that's probably one of the first purchases I'll get for for the kids. Um but yeah, hey, we still got a long way to go. I was talking to the owner of the club, and it looks like we're going to do a uh, quite a procedure with the money you guys donated. So uh, a lot of the parents are uh, newly immigrated from a lot of uh, third world countries. So we're going to be trying to help them in terms of costs of equipment, in terms of uh, as well as like payments for the club. So uh, every dollar counts, guys, and I, I really appreciate what you guys are doing for us. So thank you again. Bro, it was the uh, it was the least that we could do. You know what I mean? It was the least that we could do. So we're just happy to even have uh, helped in any little way for real. And we know that you got this uh, exciting like uh, update for us that'll come. 
And then once you do, we'll uh, make sure to uh, put it out again because uh, we all believe like so much in uh, you and the initiative and the club and the kids, man. And, you know, we see them literally like doing the chance with us. It's uh, so uh, amazing to see, bro. So we're going to uh, keep pushing that. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about that later for sure. But uh, Juan is uh, most definitely up for uh, supporter of the month, uh, two months in a row running. <laughs> and literally, you know, our money goes up in smoke. So we can, we can donate a little money to some kids. <laughs> Juan also, not only like in the short term, he's bringing kids to, to YU. And that, that's amazing. But in the long term, you know, I'm sure we're going to be, we're going to be, looking back on this with maybe a, a player that Juan coached that's playing for York because that's, that's the pathway, right? Um, the CPL is a, is a great opportunity and Juan's showing them that. And eventually he's going to be chanting their names in the stands, um, you know, which is that. What do you mean? He's going to be the one managing them on the sidelines for York United, bro. <laughs> I've not had the pleasure of meeting uh, Coach Juan or uh, any of the kids, but I wouldn't wish having to coach York United or play for York United on anyone. So hopefully you'll you'll be able to make your way up north to Ottawa once uh, once those kids get uh, get up to snuff. But all right, we're kicking you out, Jenna. <laughs> all right, yeah, no, boo, that's your Worth banter. Yeah, yeah, we appreciate everyone that joined us. This is that, and so it begins. Episode. No, it's good. Yeah. Yeah, it ended with the fireist thing. I was going to thank everyone. I didn't understand because it was in Spanish. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what you want me to do. This is, the, this is the most friendliest banter I've seen because I used to be on those hot stoves with um, CCSG. And when, like, air, like, when no finish would get in there, it was just like, it was not friendly banter at all. This is a very friendly in comparison. All good shit, guys. Love it. What, what can I say? I'm, I'm, I'm not quite no finish, but uh, I'm a little more rational. So if you guys would like to join us for the hot stove, we will be having one at 930. Bit of a late one, but hopefully you guys can find some time. We'd love to hear from you. Awesome. Tonight? Yep, tonight. We're previewing the game for tomorrow. Oh. Some of you guys get in there, yo. It's good times. <laughs> All right. Hey, so from one spaces to another. Um, so, yeah, I, this is like my third, fourth time trying to start the outro but i love it again jump in there if you have anything else to say last second but if not this has been episode two of shoes off for the blue and green i think that was a really fun chat it's uh it's totally different mood i think when you're on a win streak so for everyone here maybe not on behalf of uh, john but i i speak on behalf of them for for this one uh, whether or not he likes it come on you nine stripes See y'all tomorrow at York Lions Stadium. Have a good night, everybody. Get there. Join the fun. Thank you, everybody. Good times, y'all. Adios. Have a good night. Adios. Goodbye, everyone. Adios to John. (laughs) See ya.